Welcome to the Rush Hour Podcast. Sit back and relax or hop on the treadmill for the next hour as we talk Saskatchewan Rush Lacrosse. Every month, Jake Elliott will talk with Saskatchewan players, coaches, executive and team personnel about all things Rush Lacrosse. And now, the host of the Rush Hour Podcast, Jake Elliott. Hey, what's going on, Rush Nation? I missed you. It's Jake Elliott with you once again back here on the Rush Hour Podcast presented by Daytona Homes. Committed to you, crafted to care. And big thanks to them for sponsoring the podcast. Big thanks to you for checking Rush Hour out once again. And it's been a while since we talked to you last. Uh, A couple of games have taken place since then. Just two, in fact. So we're not going to spend a whole lot of time looking back. Uh, We will look ahead for sure. And then, instead of our normal two guests here on Rush Hour, we're going to have three because we had a nice added addition just a few days ago. As we have a new member of the Rush defense, uh, formerly of the Rochester Nighthawks, three-time National Lacrosse League champion, Scott Soupy Campbell will join us here on the program, along with Jeff Shetler and Kyle Rubish. So three big guests coming up on Rush Hour this week. But let's uh, let's take a look back here quickly before we kind of get into our interviews and a look ahead to what is to come here for the Rush this season as uh, they're coming off the bye week here. So if we go back, uh, when we talked to you last, the Rush were just coming off a victory over Vancouver, which snapped a a losing streak for them. Adam Shute was in goal for that one. Chris Corbeil did not play, but they get past Vancouver and then head home uh, for a date, the first date with the Colorado Mammoth, who have been struggling and continue to struggle to this point in the season. But this was a pretty good lacrosse game. It was a very low-scoring game, but an absolute goaltending duel between Dylan Ward and Evan Kirk, who was back in between the pipes for the rush after having that game off in Vancouver. And the two boys out of Orangeville really stole the show in this one. 9-7 the final Saskatchewan, so they make it two in a row, uh, do the rush. Probably their best defensive performance of the year. Nobody scored more than three goals in a quarter in this game. Mark Matthews was the leading scorer with five points. And for a team that had really kind of struggled to keep the ball out of their net earlier in the season, this was a really good sign here for Saskatchewan. A lot of guys looked a lot more comfortable. The system looked to be played a lot more dialed in, if you were. Guys knew where to be and when to be there, and that's just something we hadn't really seen a whole lot of up until this point. But some real good signs coming out of the defense, and Jeremy Talevi has got his boys going as they hold the Mammoth, which has been a team that has struggled to score goals, but to hold any team to seven goals in the NLL is an accomplishment in its own right. Uh, offense, not as good as they probably would have liked it to been, but good enough, according to Jeff McComb, to, to get the win. And at the end of the day, that's what you want in this league. It doesn't really matter how you do it as long as you do it. And the Rush were able to get past Colorado to take a one nothing lead in that season series, 9-7 the final in that one. Then it would be a return date, uh, another battle of the prairies. Don't forget now, Calgary won the original matchup the very first time that the Roughnecks have ever won in Saskatoon uh, earlier in the year. So payback on the minds here of the rush and maybe the most complete 60 minutes of the year for Saskatchewan in this one as it was 10-6 at halftime. They go on a a run in the fourth quarter, 4-1 in the fourth quarter, and go away winning this one, 15-9 over Calgary, which put them at 6-4 at the top of the Western Division, where they normally are. Uh, Shatler with another game-winning goal. We will talk to Jeff Shatler coming up, as I mentioned. Uh, He goes off for seven points. Ben McIntosh, a quiet night in the goal-scoring department, but had five assists, so one and five for Benny Mack. And an impressive win here, a complete team victory from top to bottom in this one. 15-9, the final it featured a scrap in this one. Eli Salama and Ryan Keenan getting into it, two guys in their very first fight in the National Lacrosse League. There was a lot of bad blood, 
Um, after that fight, the two teams kind of came together in between the benches. A lot of talk going on. Uh, this was a very physical affair, and, and it kind of renewed the rivalry, if you will. As the first one was kind of a it was kind of a cakewalk. Like there wasn't a whole lot to it in that first roughneck victory against Saskatchewan. This one felt a lot more like the Battle of the Prairies, what you're used to seeing when the Roughnecks and Rush get after it. And uh, it did not disappoint. And the home fans go home happy with a 59 victory, which made it three wins in a row for Saskatchewan as they headed into the bye week. And no better way to go into a bye week than off a of victory. And I know a lot of guys uh, took an opportunity to spend a little time away from the game. I know Robbie Church headed off to Hawaii with his special lady and um, I think Kyle Rubish, who we're going to talk to, we'll talk to Reeves about this as well. I think he was on vacation. Scott Campbell, I tried to get a hold of uh, to get him on the podcast, and uh, he said he had to push me back a day because he was down in Tampa Bay. So he wasn't even a member of the rush at this point, but he was on vacation as well. So this was like a, a big vacation week. I think Mark Matthews down the Bahamas as well. So uh, a lot of guys taking a time away, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing to kind of – Get away from lacrosse, reboot the batteries, recharge the legs, and come back focused and motivated for a big game against Buffalo here this weekend on St. Patrick's Day, um, which should be just a heck of a matchup between the Bandits and the Rush. And uh, like I said, St. Patrick's Day Eve, so this will be a fun game here against the Bandits and a real kind of a litmus test to see where exactly Saskatchewan stands. Right now, they're tied with San Diego at the top of the Western standings at 6-4. and four. They've played a few less games than a lot of other teams around the league, but Buffalo clicking along. They did pick up a, a loss last weekend against George on the back half of home-and-home. Uh, home. So they're coming off a loss. Saskatchewan coming off a bye week and should be a real interesting game. And then you kind of look ahead. And San Diego on the horizon as Saskatchewan make their first trip down to Southern California a week from this weekend. On the 22nd, they will play the San Diego Seals. Remember, the Rush do have a victory over San Diego earlier in the year on their home floor. And now we'll head to Pechanga Arena and try and back that up, take the season series down in San Diego as the Seals will be coming back to Saskatchewan a little later on. We'll touch on that here in a moment. So, Bye week, then Buffalo this weekend, San Diego a week from this weekend, and then on the 30th of March, Vancouver, the Warriors uh, will come to Saskatchewan, and they will play their third and final game. Remember, Saskatchewan's already played in Vancouver twice and won both of those games as Vancouver kind of clinging and clawing, trying to get into that fourth spot, that fourth and final playoff spot in the west by the way if you want tickets uh to this week's saint patrick's day eve game against the bandits give the ticket office a call 306-978-7874 you can still sign up by the way uh for a four game for the four remaining home games here for saskatchewan you can still become a season ticket holder so uh give the ticket office a call they'll help you out and uh, i strongly suggest you do that. By the way, this Saturday for the St. Patrick's Day game against the Buffalo Bandits, it'll be the biggest St. Patty's Day party in Saskatchewan. You heard it here correctly. The biggest party in Saskatchewan will be taking place at the Sastel Center on Saturday night. $5 green beers from 6 to 6.30. Green mustaches. For the first 1,000 fans, Celtic music throughout the game and Celtic dancers performing at halftime as well. So look forward to that on St. Patrick's Day. Um, So after that Vancouver game on the 30th, it'll be a couple of away games. Uh, One taking place in Colorado just a day before my birthday, by the way, folks. Uh, Rush Nation out there in case you... Want to get old Jumbo a present uh, early next month. I don't know why you would, but just in case you do, April 7th is my birthday, but the Saskatchewan Rush will be playing April 6th in Denver, Colorado. And then I mentioned that game in San Diego. So two away games for Saskatchewan to start the month of April as they'll be in San Diego on the 12th. So I believe that's a Friday night game against 
San Diego, which, yeah, it has to be a Friday night game because this is a cra- kind of a crazy part of the schedule, maybe the toughest part of the schedule for the rush this season where they play in San Diego on the Friday night, the 12th, and then they're back home on Saturday, the 13th, to take on the Philadelphia Wings. So quick turnaround. I'm not sure what the, the flight situation is going to be. I believe they're going to try and connect through Phoenix and get back early afternoon into Saskatoon. Um, that is going to be a tough trip. San Diego away, Philly at home, back-to-back. You're going West Coast, back to the Central Time Zone. Like, get, That's going to be a grinder. So um, interesting times on the horizon. So I want to kind of get all that in because I don't think I'm going to be... That's a long time to go between podcasts, so we'll see. Maybe I'll try and squeeze one in before then, because I don't know if I want to go like a complete month with that many games. Uh, we're going to talk about Buffalo, San Diego, Vancouver. That's one, two, three, four, five, six games. That's a lot of games to go between podcasts. So I, I, I'm going to see if we can maybe jam one in somewhere in the middle, maybe at the end of March or early April, we'll get another one in for you and just kind of preview and recap uh, what's happened in the last few weeks up to that point. But once again here, Saskatchewan coming off of victories against Vancouver, Colorado, and Calgary. So they're back on the winning track, winners of three in a row, and now they're into the bye week. And coming up, it's the Buffalo Bandits. Then you got San Diego on the road, back home for Vancouver, then two on the road for Colorado, in San Diego before returning home on April 13th to take on the Philadelphia Wings as Rush Nation will get their first look at the Wings in Saskatoon uh, on April 13th. As I mentioned, three big guests on the podcast this episode, and Jeff Shatler is going to join us first here. We're going to talk all things Saskatchewan lacrosse, the Shatler Academy, and uh, we'll get a little Rush talk in there as well. With the 14-year veteran Jeff Shatler, it's coming up on the other side here on Daytona Homes Rush Hour. Hey, this is Chris Corbiel, captain of the Saskatchewan Rush. You're listening to Rush Hour, presented by Daytona Homes. All right, welcome back to the Rush Hour presented by Daytona Homes. It's Jake Kelly with you and now joined on the podcast by 14-year veteran, member of the Saskatchewan Rush, the MVP from last year's NLL Cup, Jeff Shatler on the program. Shots, how are you? I'm doing good, buddy. I'm doing good, well. Um, just I've uh, been traveling, traveling, um, you know. No, I know. Hotel I see, to hotel. I see you're a, you're a man of the province uh, for sure. Uh, why don't we start there? I know you were down in Regina. I saw a nice little story on Global. Uh, what have you been up to? Uh, we had a bye week this week, so uh, what's what's Jeff Shatler been doing? Where you been? Uh, what are you up to? Uh, you know, honestly, I see a lot of the boys. You know, Bahamas or wherever they are, beautiful <laughs> beaches. I see, but um, I just been working. You know, I'm just trying to get. Uh, the family situated, you know, the wife being pregnant and all. Um, I had a, a couple of days back at home, got to enjoy the family time. Um, my little man, he's growing up so quick. But, um, yeah, just trying to grow the game out here in Saskatchewan, you know, through the whole province. Um, you know, we had that little global write-up or that little uh, TV uh, uh, little skit they had for us. That was pretty neat. Um, you know, got to go home, and then now I'm out in Nipawin. I'm in Nipawin right now. We did a school program out here. Uh, pretty cool kids out here. You know, each each uh, little town that I go to, it's uh, it's really cool little atmosphere. They're like a little uh, little family in e- at each town. So um, I'm, I'm I'm fortunate to experience something like this. I uh, I'm really enjoying it. But at the same time, you know, and I do miss my family. But you know, I'm trying to grow the game as best as I can, and this is the way I know how to do it. Well, eventually, the family is going to join you in Saskatchewan, and I believe you're you're going to become a resident uh, sooner than later. But you know, for a guy like yourself, Jeff, who's got so much information stored up in your brain lacrosse-wise and so much talent uh, through your body, it's not really something that you've done earlier in your life, but you've now become kind of a teacher, a coach, if you will, to these young kids. Has that kind of been a bit of a learning curve for yourself, too, trying to figure out how to get all your knowledge that's in your brain to come out of your mouth so the kids understand what you're saying? 
Oh, most definitely. You know, um, you know, I've heard time and time again, not all players are made, made to be coaches. Um, and, you know, there is some truth to that because, you know, yeah, you might be able to read a situation on the floor, but can you, t- can you teach it to a kid, you know, that doesn't know the game very well? And I, I found, you know, yeah, it is a, le- a learning curve for myself. But I feel like if you break it down to, like, the bare minimum basics, you know, you start, you know, especially with the little guys, you know, uh, how to pick up a ball, trap and scoop, bend your knees, get low, two hands on your stick, proper way to hold your stick, you know, on the shoulder, always over the shoulder, proper techniques, you know, um, not bad habits. Like, if these kids learn bad habits at a young age, it only gets worse and worse as they get older. So I'm just basically breaking it down to the bare minimum, especially with this lacrosse 101 um, and the kids are, are buying into it even today, you know, listening to the teacher uh, and hearing them talk about his students and saying, you know, these guys never, ever joined gym class. But today they were like buzzing through the whole gym, having a fun time, enjoying it. So uh, when I hear that, it just makes my, my trip worth it. You know what I mean? When, I, when yeah. a kid has a smile on his face and they're like, man, I want to buy a lacrosse stick, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Parents, you know. Um, and now I have another clinic tonight, and all these kids from school are going to be showing up to this to this clinic. Um, and I hope I have enough sticks because, from what I've heard, <laughs> you know, it's going to be up there. So That's I don't awesome. want any kids to not have a stick in their hand. So yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm here, and then I'm in Saskatoon doing two schools out there as well. So yeah, I'm just trying to keep busy and, and spread the knowledge right now with the game. SLA has done a, a fantastic job. Um, with getting this organized, um, you know, and then, you know, the Saskatchewan Rush, you know, this wouldn't be, you know, possible without those guys helping fund, you know, most of this uh, for sure. This camp for, for sure. me to go, you know, across the province. And, and if we can get more sponsors on board, you know, there, there's just, there's no limit to what we could do and how many schools we can hit in the school season. It's unfortunate, but we can only hit so many. Yeah. Um, but if we had sponsorship behind it, you know, I think that would really, really help out. Well, who knows? Maybe somebody listening to the Rush Hour podcast will hear this interview and they'll think, man, I want to get on board with Jeff Shatler and uh, start teaching the youth of Saskatchewan lacrosse. Because I, I saw in your 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 post there with Global that, you know, one of your comments was that some of these kids, never mind not knowing how to play lacrosse, they've never even seen a stick before. Yeah, that's that's a true story right there. I couldn't believe it because you know, me growing up in Toronto, like yeah, okay, you know, it's a pretty big city, lots of sports. Um, but Saskatchewan with the rush and and where I was, it was in Regina, and they have their own program in Regina. Plus, you have the rush in Saskatoon, so it's only two and a half hours down the road. But yet, these kids have never seen a stick before. Yeah. It's crazy and. Um, I think this is like the perfect program. I've always said this, you know, um, if you can get a, a stick into a kid's hand that's in school that has to play it just because it's a part of their cur- the curriculum, uh, and then all of a sudden they like it, you know, those are kids that you like diamonds in the rough, you know, like big, big boys. <laughs> you know, you should see some of these kids. You know? I'm like, you guys would be perfect for lacrosse. Yeah. You know, um, strong kids enjoy it, athletic. So, um, my big thing is to burst these kids out of their bubble, get get the kids active, you know, off their butts, stop playing PlayStation, Fortnite, stuff like that. Be outside, be active, and then all, most importantly, you know, um, you know, play multiple sports. It makes you a better rounded athlete. You know, snowboarding helps me out with my core. You know, um, hockey um, help my my lacrosse help my hockey with my stick handling, hand eye coordination. So if you play multiple sports, that makes you a better rounded athlete. That's what I find at least in. That's what I'm trying to instill in these kids because they're, they're all about hockey, hockey, hockey. And I'm like, man, you might hate hockey by the time you're 16 if you're playing every day. Yeah, no doubt yeah. about it, man. No doubt about That's it. That's what happened to me. That's- for sure. Well, we gotta we gotta stay on on the big boss a little bit because I know uh, you know myself and a couple other guys have been kind of steering them towards getting a, a indoor facility that you know can be used all year round in in Saskatchewan because it it's, makes it difficult with with the weather there to you know have the proper facilities to try and teach these kids the right way to play when you're doing it in a in gymnasium or, or what have you um, if you could find some turf and some boards and, and a roof over your head for the winter that would just help your cause immensely would it not oh 100 percent man um, I think that's that's a great great idea because I know for myself trying to find floor time in Saskatoon and Saskatchewan not only is it expensive but you know, it's next to impossible to yeah. get on because the soccer leagues, right? They eat it all up. So 
So if we had something like what Toronto has done, you know, Toronto, like the with the track center, you know, that the kids can go in there and play lacrosse almost all day long. Yeah. You know, it's only for inline skating and uh, lacrosse. And lacrosse, is a, that's a big hub for, that was probably one of the smartest things that they did back in Toronto because I know soccer does eat up a lot of the floor time and, and some of these kids, you know, God love them, but that's all they've ever known is gymnasiums and stuff. Could you imagine if these kids had the proper facilities to actually play year-round how good some of these guys could be? Yeah, and then whip, um, a, whip a ball around as hard as they want and all the rest of it. Uh, no doubt. As we speak with Jeff Shatler of the Saskatchewan Rush and also Jeff Shatler of the Jeff Shatler Lacrosse Academy. So I know you're, you're going into schools and you're working with the – Saskatchewan Lacrosse Association and, and the rush are behind you there, but tell me about uh, the Shatler Academy and and if uh, people want to sign up, where do they find you and, and what can they expect if they do? Man, well, you know, it, it's been really, really busy on both ends and, you know, busy is good as we, we've talked before. Um, yeah, upcoming right now, we got a camp out in Memphis, Tennessee. We got one in, uh, three in Australia, uh, Melbourne, Perth, and Adelaide. Wow. Yeah, it's gotten it's gotten crazy. You need um, a, like a water boy or something? Uh, yeah, I might jumbo. I might need you, man. <laughs> okay, um, but yeah, we have um, once one in Cincinnati, uh, Indianapolis that we're, we're we're talking to right now, um, and we have our Prince Alfred camp that's coming out on the twenty third, twenty fourth of April. So that will be actually the kickoff. So I'm trying to make that as best as possible. Um, it looks like we have a pretty good turnout. Um, you know, we're, we're shooting for forty or fifty kids. And that would be a comfortable uh, number on the floor for sure where the kids can get some one-on-one. Um, and that's April 23rd, 24th. Um, but, yeah, if, they, if anybody wants to uh, check out what, what I've been doing lately, it's, uh, you know, Um, You know, you go on there, that's our website, and, you know, you can see exactly what I'm doing. Um, you know, and you can see the camps upcoming in your area. Um, I think it's uh, all the kids will enjoy it. I always found that, you know, when I was younger, I went to Jimmy Veltman's camp when I was a kid. Right. And the one thing I remember is uh, the prizes, you know what I mean? Like, when when you get a prize, get a warp, you know, for, you know, $250 prize, you know, that's something you remember. And um, I, I ended up getting a prize from Jimmy V when I was when I was a kid, and I ended up playing with the guy. Um, so I, I remembered that. So my big thing is, you know, like, you know, I want – kids to enjoy their experience i want them to i want to create memories for these kids um so prizes are just through the roof you know when when it comes to you know when i run a camp i usually try to give 25 percent of my campers a prize um you know to get their money back so i i don't only want to you know yeah i know it is a business but at the same time i want these kids to enjoy so 25 percent of all the kids that are joining with my camp will eventually it works out to be a free camp once they receive a prize so um you know, I think that's great for kids, families. You know, I know families dropping money, you know, say $200 for a camp, um, and then that's all you get, maybe a penny. Whereas, you know, I want to have the opportunity, because I, I grew up in a family full of nine kids, right? I had a big family. So I know how it is for parents out there that, you know, they drop money for their kids because they want to see a smile on their kid's face. Yeah. But I also want to return the favor to their parents and say, hey, you know, your kid just got to work. You know, you're... you're, you're Maybe, you know, you spent $200, but you just made $50 off just by signing up for my, right. for my camp. And then, and, then, so, and then, like you said, the memory to go along with it. Uh, shout out to Jimmy awesome. V, by the way, whose jersey is going to go up in the rafters for the Toronto Rock. As we speak with Jeff Shatler here, a couple of more minutes with you, Shots. Um, coming off the bye week here and, and coming off a, a couple of nice wins over Colorado and Calgary alike, uh, you got a good Buffalo Bandits team coming in. A lot of people saying that the bye week can hurt, but for a veteran like yourself, did it come at a good time, kind of right smack in the middle of the season to kind of rest the body a little bit, get re-energized for the back half of the season and, and set yourself up for a big St. Patrick's Day matchup here against the Banditos? Yeah, no, it's... Uh... It's always good to get a, a week off, to get all the boys rested up. Uh, it was kind of weird that we had two bye weeks at the beginning of the season. Uh, I've never seen that before. Um, well, but, I think it was because uh, of the schedule, right? The the, yeah, the lockout kind of threw lock. things out the window there a little bit, yeah. Yeah, so we got the short end of that one, but it's all good. Our, our team is all ready. Um, Buffalo is going to be a huge challenge for our team, but I think our, our team is really uh, is really moving in the right direction. I think our team is 
hasn't hit its full stride yet. Um, I know that uh, just playing with these guys from last year and then this year, we got an amazing team, and you know, there's there's uh, there's a lot of potential here to get back to the Champions Cup, and I, I really believe that you know we are we are on the right path. I think their defense is is, is just top form. You've seen them last game against Calgary, unbelievable. Kirky's shutting the door for us uh, offensively. We're we're buzzing around. We're getting lots and lots of opportunities. So I think our team is really going into the right direction. I, you know, and and the Eastern teams really give us a hard time, man. Yeah. And it's been that way for last year and this year. Most of our teams that we've lost to have all been East. So uh, Buffalo, we've had some good games against those guys. So I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. Excited to see our crowd out there, man. And, you know, the crowd always gets us going. You know, uh, we wouldn't be the same team without them, especially playing at home. Um, yeah, I always love playing at home. I got my got my family flying in for this one, so I always play a little bit harder. When my when my wife and my boys in the stands. Well, for sure. maybe we can uh, expect a little higher jump up the uh, up the glass when you pump one into the back of the goal. Um, one more here for you, shouts, and and you mentioned the defense kind of getting dialed in, and and a guy that you've probably played a lot of years against, and maybe some with uh, in the summertime as well as Soupy Scotty Campbell uh, picked up at the trade deadline. What what is this guy going to mean to the back end here of Saskatchewan's defense? I think he's a, a veteran defender, man, and playing against him, you know, he's a strong, strong man. Um, you know, I think he's only going to add to the depth of our defense. Um, you know, he, he he pressures the ball on defense. He's a strong, strong guy. Um, he, I think he's only going to help our defense out. And I think our team really made, uh, really got the, you know, really got a, a great, great player out of that deal, man. That's that's unreal. I think you know, it's only going to help our team, and I'm super excited to meet the guy. I, I've never played with him. Um, I've only played against him. Never really liked him, so that makes it, you know, that makes him uh, a pretty good defender in my eyes. Yeah, you know, you never, you never want to like a guy that's playing defense against you. Well, if he's playing good defense, you, you don't like him even more, right? Like if he's, if yeah, hundred percent, man. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that one. So I, I think this guy's going to be a stud, and I think he's a great pickup for our team. And, and going into the second half of the season, you know, we're, we're bright, the future looks bright. Um, I'm excited to see what happens, man. No doubt about it. Hey, Shatler, uh, thanks for joining us here on the podcast. Uh, keep up the good work uh, with the youth of Saskatchewan, growing the game of lacrosse uh, throughout the province and, and doing good work in the community as well. And then uh, let's keep it rolling on, on the turf uh, coming up this weekend, man. 100% jumbo. I will see you this weekend, big guy. You betcha. Thanks a lot. Jeff Shatler of the Saskatchewan Rush. Quick break. And then on the other side, Maybe the best defender in the National Lacrosse League will join us. It's Kyle Rubish coming up here on the Rush Hour Podcast, presented by Daytona Homes. Stick around. You're listening to the Rush Hour Podcast, presented by Daytona Homes. All right, welcome back to the Rush Hour, presented by Daytona Homes. That would be the voice of Mark Matthews there. I forgot to tell Marco to tell the people who he is, so I'll do that for you. The voice you're hearing now is mine. I'm Jay Kelly, and now I'm joined on the podcast by the four-time Defender of the Year, the four-time All-Pro, the three-time NLL Champion, the Rookie of the Year back in 2011. I can keep going here if you want. Kyle Rubish is on the podcast Roops, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. I gotta tell you, I wasn't rookie of the year though my uh, my rookie season. But uh, <laughs> well, maybe we I'll should re- maybe we should maybe <laughs> Wikipedia is lying to me. Uh, I should never trust Wikipedia. Uh, so that's yeah, my bad. My mom must have edited it or something. <laughs> it was it was probably Chris Corbeil because he says that you update his page. So maybe he went into yours and uh, could have been it. started messing around. But he gave you some accolades instead of going the other way on you. I uh, appreciate you doing this, man. Uh, coming off the bye week here, what, what have you been doing uh, the last five or six days? Yeah, I actually went down to uh, Florida with my wife, Taylor. Um, my parents are snowbirds down there, so... Uh, we haven't seen them much in a little bit since I've uh, been traveling every weekend. So uh, we got out of the cold weather and uh, spent some time down in Florida with them. Nice. Uh, that, that's probably a little bit warmer than, than Saskatoon. Yeah, just a little bit. I think uh, the day before, so I flew out Sunday right after our game against Calgary, and I, 
I think I sent my mom a screen uh, shot of the Saskatoon weather, and I think it was like minus 35, and <laughs> she sent me one back saying it was plus 25 Celsius. So, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a change. That's always a tough go when you when you leave somewhere cold and you're going somewhere hot or vice versa. Like, you don't know how to dress in the airport because you're going to pay for it one way or the other when you get to your destination you know what i'm saying like if you're if you're yeah. going if you're going to hawaii and you're leaving saskatchewan you're you're in a toque with mittens and all of a sudden you show up in in 80 degree weather and you you got like a park on yeah it was a little funny cuz i was flying out uh, sunday afternoon after i landed sunday morning and i had two completely opposite bags packed one with all winter closer for sask and then one with all my summer stuff for florida so it was pretty funny well i'm glad you uh got some time away and uh are you still a newlywed how long have you been married now uh yeah still it's about uh it's been about four months now coming coming up to five now so yeah it's still in the newlywed uh process we got married uh in the fall and uh just like most lacrosse players do right um but yes the smart ones anyway <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah like i said uh, my wife taylor and i we went down to florida and uh Spent the bye week just relaxing a little bit. Nice. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to put the pressure on you, but uh, any any word on baby rubes uh, in the near future? Not really. I was getting some questions from from my in laws and and my parents about that. And with all, we went. To, we actually went to Disney for one day, so they thought maybe something was up. Oh, or, oh. yeah. <laughs> we we kind of sparked all those questions, but uh, no, nothing yet. We're just uh, enjoying the newlywed life for now. Okay. When it happens, it happens. It's not really up to you at the end of the day, anyways, Kyle. Like, uh, <laughs> Well, it's a little bit up to me. Yeah, I suppose. (laughs) I suppose. I I, I have some part of it. There you go. uh, There you go. Yeah, she's the boss, so uh, I'll just wait wait until I'm I'm told what to do. Fair enough. Uh, I know you're a big Bachelor fan, Kyle which as am I, we're putting this out here to to the Rush Nation that we both watched The Bachelor. Um, Yeah. Have you managed to, to catch up? I know you were a couple episodes behind when I talked to you last. Yeah, yeah, but I ended up catching up. I kind of had to because we're in a, a little bachelor pool right. on our team with uh, myself, Corbs, Dilksy, our trainer Tahisha, and actually uh, our former coach Jimmy Quinlan's wife Shelby. So, okay, uh, yeah, when I was in Florida, that uh, that chat group was going nuts. So I, I had to make sure I caught up on all the all the bachelor uh, final episodes. Well, I'm gonna have to work my way into that group because. Uh... I, I don't know how it started for me. It, it hasn't been a long time, but I got I got sucked into this thing, and now now I can't turn away. Um, <laughs> give me your give me your thoughts here, man. Like uh, what it, how, that kind of played out a little differently than than I expected, but uh, I think he kind of ended up with the right girl at the end. No. Yeah, yeah. Not uh, not to give any spoilers away if no one's watched it, but oh, I screw liked, it, man. Let it out. <laughs> I kind of like this year how she was kind of uh, hesitant of the whole engagement thing after after the end of everything. So she was kind of it, was, it, it felt a little bit more real. Right. She just kind of wanted to date and and not jump into things, which is kind of realistic. So I kind of that was a little refreshing this season. Uh, before we move on, just one more thing, like I. Hannah G is the new Bachelorette, and I I'm gonna have to like suffer through this next season because I just like I'm not a fan, and it's gonna be a long it's gonna be a long season, man. Yeah, we're actually I was just talking to some of the guys this morning. Cord was saying how it might be a little tough to watch the the Bachelorette this time around, and I was saying I might not be able to. And I, I threw in my recommendation of Temptation Island. Oh, uh, obviously you can tell I'm a bit of a reality. That's my guilty pleasure. The reality yeah. TV shows. So. Well, Paradise is clearly the best Bachelor that that's out there. Let's move on, Kyle Rubish. Uh, okay, some, some real good. some real talk here. I want to. I want to talk about the. I don't think we've had a chat before, and, and when I talk to guys the first time, I always kind of like to find out how they got their start in lacrosse. Uh, where where did it all begin for Kyle Rubish? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm from Brampton, Ontario originally, and started playing hockey when I was six, and then I was playing baseball when I was six and seven, and then uh, just seemed like all the guys in my hockey team, uh, with Brampton being such a lacrosse hotbed back in the day, they were all playing lacrosse, so. Uh, I obviously wanted to play with my hockey teammates and I kind of just started 
picking up a lacrosse stick when I was seven or eight, and I just played every summer from then on. Uh, from then on. Well, yeah, Brampton, a very synonymous uh, town with with the sport of lacrosse. I don't know how far back the Excelsiors go, but it's got to be close to a hundred years, if not more. Um, yeah, don't don't quote me on it, but I think uh, the Excelsiors are the oldest amateur um organization in, in at least ontario I'm not yeah sure Canada, well i know the bellies i know the bellies are like 130 and it'd be pretty tough to to get past that but if yeah anyone so it might do, be ontario yeah could be brampton for sure um then you make your way down to dowling college uh, i see it hopefully wikipedia is correct on that yeah i uh playing high school across and, and junior and stuff and going to the turkey shoot and a few uh tournaments like that didn't really get recruited that much and uh that kind of made d2 the only option for me and uh we had some guys uh previously from brampton ontario that went to dowling with uh ryan campbell who actually got drafted by the rush organization nick cotter who's whippy guy kyle o'brien there's a few other guys so i kind of just uh followed the, in their footsteps and like i said d2 was the only option for me at that time and uh our coach tim boyle was was amazing and treated me amazing and we had some really good division two uh two uh, seasons and that was kind of it and I, I really enjoyed my time on long island yeah interesting interesting spot to be for sure and uh as we know long island getting themselves a, a pro franchise uh coming in next year with the riptide which is kind of neat um as we yeah. speak with kyle rubisher go ahead no, I was just saying, yeah, that's uh, that was exciting. I, I obviously know the area from being down there for four years at school, and, and I know how passionate the, the lacrosse fans are, so it's exciting to see the New York team coming in. Yeah, I mean, they're they're super huge on field lacrosse down there, and, and of course they had the, the Saints back in the day, but I, I think as soon as they kind of get a taste of pro box lacrosse, uh, that state, that surrounding area of the boroughs, they're going to just uh, fall in love with the National Lacrosse League. As we speak with Kyle Rubish here, I want to I talk about, I, I had Brett Mitski on uh, Lacrosse Classified a couple of weeks ago and, and just kind of talked about yours and his relationship together and what it's been like for the two of you to kind of be over on that left side um, as right-handers checking the lefties. And as you know, as I know, and, and maybe people don't know that playing with somebody and having that chemistry and continuity with somebody communication is such a big thing when you're playing defense and lacrosse but it almost seems like when you and brett are playing together you guys don't even need to communicate with each other because you're so dialed in on what the other guy is going to do how big of an advantage is that yeah, it's definitely nice to have. Uh, obviously, Brett and I have been on the Rush D for seven, eight years now, so uh, we kind of know what each other is going to do and know each other's tendencies. So, uh, yeah, like I, I know kind of before what he even does, what he's going to do. So it's it's definitely a benefit to know uh, know your defensive partner in and out like that. Um, and now we gotta we gotta talk about the stick check here because like even <laughs> even your own teammates bring this up and i and i marvel at it every time I, I see you do it and and you're leading the team and cause turnovers by a pretty wide margin and i don't want to like give your secrets away here rubes but the way you kind of set guys up to do this where you steer them down the wall you take one hand off your stick and then you you come down with the chop ball comes loose it's into your stick and back the other way we go when did this kind of start like because you're really the only guy in the league that i see do it on a consistent basis and when other guys try it they usually get cooked and and guys go underneath on them when did this start and, and how did you develop this check that you do yeah i guess kind of back in junior i kind of started doing it uh I have these long arms, especially back then. I was a little bit lankier, I'd say. And uh, I don't know. I just kind of, and especially in our defense, I just kind of force guys down down that alley. And then with my long arms, I just kind of take the one hand check and, and try to reach for the stick. And it's been successful, obviously, over the years. And uh, I just keep going with it. Actually, Ryan Dilts kind of started doing it in the mm. last few years, and he got really good at it. Uh, one year he had an amazing season with uh, I think he had a, like crazy amount of cause turnovers and and he was doing that check a lot too so he was pretty good at it but uh, like I said kind of just started doing it in junior and uh, I've been doing it ever since yeah I think Doxy took took your award away from you that one year that uh, he started <laughs> using your check 
it'd be nice to get Ryan Dilks back. And while we're on the subject, I mean, uh, you miss Ryan Dilks, you miss Jeff Cornwall, but uh, over the bye week, the trade deadline has come and gone, and Derek Keenan goes out and makes a move for for a guy in Scott Campbell who we're going to have on here after you, Kyle. Um, this guy is, is a pro's pro, and, and I think he's going to fit right into this rush defense. How excited are you to play with Scott Campbell? Oh, yeah, so excited. Uh, when I saw the trade go down to get Soupy, uh, I was really excited. Uh, it brings so much experience. He's such a good defender. He's such a good transition player. He's he he brings it all he's he's a lefty which which we don't have tons of lefties on our on our d end right now so to get soupy and and put him in our lineup is going to be huge for our defense what do you feel about the team kyle you've been around a while now and you've seen you know championship caliber rosters uh come and go here in saskatchewan what do, what are your thoughts on this roster is, is it good enough to win another championship here in saskatchewan yeah, I definitely think it's good enough to win another championship. Obviously, we have the exact same offense. They uh, they have tons of chemistry, and we have some of the top players in the league up there. And then we have Kirky still back in, in, in the goal, who's obviously a top goalie and stood on his head last year and has been amazing this year. And then it kept coming down to our defense, and we were a little off at the start and then had some good games and some bad games, and that just kind of some new guys in there and trying to get uh, get that chemistry going and try to get everyone on the same page. And it seems like in the last few games that uh, things have kind of uh, tightened up back there and, and things are looking pretty good. So I think it's going to come down to just having that defense come together and, and down the stretch. It's, it's uh, in the playoffs, anything can really happen. It's especially this year with those one, one game right. uh, semis and stuff like that. Yeah. So I d- I definitely think we have a, a shot at bringing the title back, and it's all going to come down to the playoffs. Yeah, and I mean, it's a Western division that's that's tighter than it's really ever been in the last number of years. you got, you know, three teams at the top, all with six wins. I know Calgary's got a couple extra games, but a big one coming up uh, against the Bandits, and we've kind of seen teams struggle coming out of the bye week a little bit. How do you, how do you avoid that as a player coming off a, a week off and then coming back and, and having a tough contest. Yeah, I think it all starts with practice on on the Friday night, the night before, trying to just make sure, okay, bye week's done, back to business. Uh, we had a nice time uh, relaxing and, and some guys maybe healing some stuff, but get back into business mode and, and set the tone with practice, a hard practice and, and making sure that everyone's on the same page and knowing that uh, it's all business moving forward. Um, just looking at uh, your career stats here, you hit a high water mark of four goals. Is that right? In, in <laughs> 2012, that was back in Edmonton. Uh, you're sitting on one right now. You've been super consistent as far as your health goes, uh, Kyle Rubish. Uh, no goals in 2017. What happened there? And and can we expect a little more offensive production? I know you had a nice setup to Matthews early in the year, but uh, I know goal scoring is not really your thing. I'm just kind of giving you the gears here, Rubes. But, uh, <laughs> but you got a, you got a nice little bounce shot. I, I watch you work on those continuous three-on-twos in practice. It's just a matter of getting your opportunities, right? Yeah, obviously, um, defense first. That's always been my game. But, uh, no, I found myself uh, three times a season being up in the offensive zone and, and pushing the ball a little bit and getting a few assists. But, um, no, I always joke with some guys. I was joking with Brett how uh, how it's nice to get a goal early in the season so you don't have everyone kind of <laughs> giving you the hard time and you start stressing about it. Uh, so to get that goose egg off, uh, off the board early is always a little bit uh, extra nice to do. For sure. And and uh, one more here before we let you go, Kyle. Um, obviously, the World Championship's coming up uh, in September, and I know you're focused on the rush season. Then you probably have a summer season to look ahead to as well. But uh, the World Championship's got to be in the back of your mind, and I would think you're you're going to be a shoe-in for that roster. How excited are you to, to get to Langley and, and put the, the Maple Leaf back on? Yeah, if I uh, if I got picked for that team, it'd obviously be special. I've represented Canada a bunch of times now, and it's always amazing. And uh, being able to do it on on home soil would be extra special. I don't think I've ever got to do that with being in Prague and the Onondaga Nation, and then um, in Denver for the field lacrosse. So, anytime you get to wear the the Maple Leaf is special, but being able to do it uh, in Langley on your home soil would be extra extra special. 
Hey, man, uh, I really appreciate your time, and we'll look forward to uh, seeing you in Sask Vegas this weekend for a big matchup against the Bandits, and uh, let's keep her going, man. Three in a row. Let's make it four. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. I'll see you on the weekend. All right. That was Kyle Rubish, number four of your Saskatchewan Rush, and he will be in the lineup against the Bandits this Saturday, St. Patrick's Day. It's the biggest party in town. $5 green beers, green mustaches, all the rest of it at the Sastel Center. Make sure you get there early. Quick break here on Rush Hour, and coming up next, it's the newest member of the Saskatchewan Rush. Scott Soupy Campbell joins us next year on Daytona Homes Rush Hour. Hey, Rush Nation. This is Jeff Schaller from the Saskatchewan Rush. You're listening to the Rush Hour podcast with Jake Elliott, presented by Daytona Homes. Welcome back to Daytona Homes Rush Hour here. Uh, big thanks to Kyle Rubish for coming on the show and now joined by the newest member of the Saskatchewan Rush, former Rochester Nighthawk captain and one Scott Campbell. Soupy, thanks for doing this, man. Welcome to the Rush. Thanks for having me on, and thanks uh, thanks for the welcome to the Rush. Well, uh, why don't we start there, man? Um, I don't know if you kind of felt this one coming. Kurt Steyer's uh, kind of having a bit of a fire sale in Rochester, quite frankly, making six deals, and you happen to be one of the guys. Um, just give me your thoughts when you generally you got the news that you were heading to Saskatchewan. Yeah, I mean, bittersweet, I guess. I've uh, been with Rochester uh, you know, nine years, 10 years and, uh, enjoyed my time there. Uh, you know, thankful for everything Kurt Steyer's done for me, sort of re resurrected my career. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so really at the start of this year, or, you know, next couple of years, we're thinking that, uh, that would be my, my final resting place and, uh, you know, retire as a, as a night Hawk and, um, you know, obviously with all the changes that franchise is going through, moving to Halifax, uh, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, struggling this season and, you know, Kurt decided to, uh, go with the, the youth movement. Um, so when I received the call from Kurt saying, uh, I was on the move, uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was definitely sad. Um, but, uh, super happy to be part of Saskatchewan. You know, he found, found a home for, you know, with a, a competing team. And, uh, you know, a team that should be uh, right there in the finals and has had success for, you know, the last handful, you know, five to ten years in this league has been sort of, sort of the benchmark. So super happy to be uh, joining the rush. Yeah, don't don't sell yourself short, man. I think you, you got a lot of quality years left in, in that body of yours. And it's been quite the career for you, Scott. Like, I, I kind of looking back through your, your history here, <laughs> And it, it kind of jumps off the page. 2005 with the Minnesota Swarm is kind of where it all began for you. You play a year there, then then six years in Toronto. How many championships did you get with the Raw? I got none. I was actually the problem there, uh, oh. Jake. Uh, so I, I booked any titles. We, uh, I came. I should probably the hit the edit button the after that question right there. <laughs> my, yeah, bad, yeah, my bad, exactly. my bad, my bad. No worries, no worries. No, it's funny. I mean, obviously, we went... Uh, you know, again, and everything's sort of a building, uh, you know, building blocks and learned a lot in Toronto. And um, they kind of went through a bit of a youth movement there as well. And, and then my last year there, we lost uh, in the finals to, uh, at the time, the Washington Stealth. Uh, I was traded to Boston and then ended up in Rochester. And they won the following year, uh, kind of. Right, uh, redeeming their their loss to to Washington. So I recall um, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know, obviously, I landed in Rochester and was able to win three titles there. Um, so everything worked so, out. Everything worked out in the end, anyway, right? Sometimes all, uh, all so, part of it. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you got to get to the to the the peak of the mountain before you can actually get to the top of it. Uh, as we speak with yeah. Scott Campbell here, and and yeah, like like you said, another eight years in in Rochester there. You get named the captain of that team, and that had to be quite the honor for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I, I felt like you know I, it was it was keeping it warm for Sid. Sid uh, is rehabbing his knee, and you know he's the ultimate Nighthawk, and uh, 
uh, a fantastic captain. So a uh, huge honor to be asked to uh, wear it uh, during during the time that he was uh, rehabbing. And, um, yeah, I mean, things sort of didn't go <laughs> as planned. But, yeah, I mean, you look at the captains that were uh, part of that team, guys like Mike Hazen, uh, Sid Smith, Sean Williams, um, you know, Gates, uh, long, long line of decent, decent list of players players. there that have worn the captaincy in in Rochester. Um, I may have been a little over my head, but uh, you know, certainly was honored to to be wearing it again. You're, you're way too humble, Scott Campbell. Um, Ah. listen, I, I, I always like to ask guys this, and and the first time I chat with them, and and I'll ask you as well. How did how did it all begin for Scott Campbell as far as playing lacrosse goes? Ooh, so uh, my old man played lacrosse uh, growing up, and um, so I, I didn't play lacrosse until I was probably I'm trying to think I would have been like grade grade five maybe. So I was I was playing soccer in the summer, playing hockey in the winter. And uh, wasn't really dialed in on the soccer side of things. Just needed a little more physicality. And uh, and my dad was like, "Let's get you a lacrosse. Let's get you a lacrosse." And um, and then finally, one summer, I played soccer and lacrosse. And then the next summer was straight lacrosse. All from there, I got uh, I got hooked uh, on the speed and the physicality of of the game. And it it fit me a little bit better than soccer for sure. That's it's funny how that that kind of works. Like my my dad was a big baseball player and a and a pro baseball player and it was kind of like, "Oh yeah, you, you should play baseball." And and I was always kind of into lacrosse and then I played baseball and I was like, "Man, dad, like this this just isn't for me. Like I I get to like hit people and run and touch the ball and you know, in baseball you're standing around in left field and it's kind of like, "Man, like it just once you play lacrosse and you realize everything that that sport has to offer, like it, it gives you everything that you want to do. It combines so many different types of attributes into it. It's like the ultimate sport. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, that's uh, totally what what hooked me on it as well. Uh, where where does the number thirty seven come from? Ooh, uh, so that's uh, that comes from being. Um, sort of the third in line to choose jerseys uh, <laughs> at all times. So uh, when you're just a grinder guy, uh, you don't get to choose your jersey first. So I, I like to wear number seven typically. Okay. Um, and then uh, I think it happened in college. Seven was taken. 27 was taken. Uh, or sorry, seven was taken. 17 was taken. 27 was taken. Uh, so 37 was kind of the next iteration of that. Uh, and then I believe it happened again uh, in Toronto. So I wore seven in Minnesota. And then uh, when I went to Toronto, uh, obviously Colin Doyle was wearing seven. So, right. Uh, he wouldn't give it. He wouldn't give it to me. Typical. Uh, typical Doyler. Yeah. Yeah. Bowler was there at seventeen, and then uh, twenty-seven was Sudsy. So uh, thirty-seven was kind of the next uh, iteration of that, and and it's just sort of stuck from there. And and so now even when seven's typically available. Uh, I uh, I try to get 37. It's it's been good to me, um, and uh, it's funny actually. You look around the league. There's a lot of 37s for for various reasons, but I think there's a 37 on almost every team. Really? Because I was going to say yeah. like I don't I can't think of another 37 in the league. Who else wears 37? Well, Coatsy wears 37. Uh, O'Connor and Buffalo wears 37. I think Brody wore 37 for a year. Um, really? I, like every time I look on the floor, there's a 37. I'm like, guys, it's a brutal number. What are you doing? <laughs> it's like to me, it's like one of the most unique numbers that that a player can wear. So, um, you're gonna yeah. stick. You're gonna stick with 37 as far as if, if Rush Nation wants to go out and get a Scott Campbell jersey. And I know there's gonna be fans out there that are gonna do it. Should they get number 37 Campbell on the back? I believe I asked for 37. And I think uh, I think it was Grant. So I think actually Aaron uh, Adrian Sorichetti wore it last in Sask. I think he was a 37 there too. Wow! Wow! Um, Pat Campbell wore 37. It's crazy. Yeah. Right? So huh. um, there's a lot more than you think. So it's not that unique, apparently. Well, the more you know, the more you know. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so you come yeah. you come from a situation in Rochester where you're you're wearing the captaincy. The year's not going particularly great for you guys. You come to a team that's in first place in the West and have won you know championships in the last few years. Is it is it a nice situation for you to be a, a veteran, come into a an organization like this where you can just come and play? 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I think that is kind of nice. You know, there's uh, obviously there's expectations, but um, there's there's uh, you know, it's a it's a pretty veteran group themselves, and uh, they're just looking for me to be a piece of the puzzle. Um, and uh, yeah, so it, it, it uh, I'm hoping I slot in there and and get chemistry right away with these guys, and and uh, you know, sort of don't skip a beat or don't don't look at a place. I suppose that's kind of my biggest. And I'm nervous on that side of things. Is hey, uh, this is a young athletic team. Am I going to be able to hang with these guys um, and not stick out? Uh, so that's uh, <laughs> uh, that's my main concern right now. That's what's keeping me up. You are the, like the most humble guy I've ever talked to, Scott Campbell. You sell yourself way too short, man. You're like a member of Team Canada last time around. Uh, it's it's not like you're. Your chopped liver. Uh, so I think you. I think you need to pump your own tires up a little bit here, man. After talking I, to you, but. I appreciate it. I got. I think uh, as I get more cocky, my game goes the other way. It's an inverse relationship. <laughs> gotcha, so, gotcha. Uh, it's the I old reverse psychology. Sure yeah, I gotta make sure I stay humble, or uh, or uh, I'll start getting burned on the defensive end there. Well, for for Rush Nation here, and and for maybe fans that don't know a whole lot about Scott Campbell, what what can the fans of the Rush expect? When they see number thirty-seven, you're 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 good in transition. You're solid in D. I'm, maybe I'll just tell them what you're all about. <laughs> you're a left-hander as well, uh, and for a fifteen-year yeah. pro, I mean, uh, you're still running the floor. You're good for five or six a year. So just uh, give give me a general synopsis of of your game, Scott. Yeah, that's it. I mean, starts uh, in the back end first. You know, try to play as solid D as possible. Um, you know. <laughs> at the end of the day that that's really the the main goal is being a defender um is is just making sure that when you're on the floor the other team doesn't score and playing hard and you know keeping uh keeping everybody accountable your own teammates and and the uh and your opponents as well and letting them know that you're you're on the floor and then uh as the ball turns over whether that's uh you know hopefully we've just worn down the shot clock and the, the other team's got to roll it into the corner um, but uh, as the ball turns over, um, you know, try to get that ball up the floor and take care of it uh, to give uh, the offense um, an opportunity. And then, hey, if there's there's no defenders in front of me, I'll uh, I'll take it to the net every once in a while as well. And uh, yeah, that's what that's what my game's all about. Just making sure that it's uh, steady and kind of uh, bring the same thing game in and game out. And I think that's where I've been successful. Is just just. Uh, Kind of always bringing the same game uh, each and every time I'm on the floor. Speaking with Scott Campbell, the newest member of the Saskatchewan Rush. Uh, now that you're a member of the Rush Recipe, uh, you don't have to check those guys on offense anymore. And I'm sure over the years, uh, a couple of them gave you some fits. Who's who's Jeff Shatler was on previous to you and said that like he is so happy that he doesn't have to play against you anymore. Who on the rush yeah. is is a nightmare to check for you? The whole offensive unit there is a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, they've they uh, they've torn us apart in Rochester more than once. Um, I think what we beat them in the finals. I can't remember what year that was. That was my first championship, and uh, I think we didn't win another game for like five years against um, you know sort of Edmonton and, and Saskatchewan, um, and and a lot of them weren't close. Uh, so, you know, I, I typically play the offensive righties, you know, so that combination of church night and, uh, Macintosh is, is absolutely deadly, um, for, for the rush and, and, and very, very difficult. Their, their pick and roll game, their, you know, just the system that they, they run is, um, very, very difficult to stop. And so I'm happy that uh, I get to watch it uh, from the bench and not be defending it. Last one here for you, Scott Campbell. I know uh, you were down in, in Tampa Bay with uh, with your wife and your family, uh, getting a little time away from the game of lacrosse. Uh, when you're when you're not playing and, and thinking about lacrosse, what a uh, what do you do for for a living uh, as far as a, a job away from lacrosse goes? And, and what kind of things do you like to do for fun? Yeah, for sure. So I work uh, work for Bell. In corporate sales on the uh, mobility side of things, so uh, selling wireless solutions into uh, businesses here in the Toronto area, and uh, so that keeps me busy, sort of nine to five. And uh, yeah, obviously I have a young family, so wife and two daughters, oh. uh, seven and four, and so they keep us busy running around to dance and gymnastics and 
um, soccer and whatever else we can kind of throw them in to keep uh, keep the girls busy and, and sort of growing. So that's uh, that's fun. And then, um, so you really have no time for fun if you if you got two young girls. <laughs> no, that's time. all. That's all fun. Yeah. And then uh, I have a very understanding wife that lets me travel here for lacrosse. And then uh, in the summer, uh, I, I golf a lot. I, uh, I really enjoy the game of golf, and uh, so I golf a couple times a week. What, uh, what's the handicap? Oh, uh, it's bad right now. It's uh, it's a it's ten or eleven. Oh come on! After, I mean, that... <laughs> after being You're... being down in Tampa, the uh, the course my dad belongs to down there is uh, uh, not set up well for my game. <laughs> a little bit tight. I got more of the power game. Okay, the, okay. Uh, finesse game, gotcha. as you'll see also in the lacrosse side of things. Gotcha. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well done, man. Well done. Hey, I listen. Uh, I appreciate you hopping on rush hour here uh, after getting back for vacation in between uh, a trip to Saskatoon. I look forward to to seeing you in black and, and green, man. It's uh, it's going to take my my head a little bit to to wrap my head around that, but uh, pumped to have you as a member of the rush, and uh, I know the boys are too. Uh, after talking with a bunch of guys, so look forward to seeing you this weekend and uh, a big game against Buffalo coming up. For sure, no more excited than me. And uh, yeah, obviously, uh, nothing in life comes easy. So the first game is uh, against the Banditos, who have already seen I think three times this year. Yeah, perfect. Uh, and they're a tough team to play against. So uh, hey, uh, great opportunity to sort of test and see uh, see how I fit in because uh, uh, Buffalo is going to be coming in waves for sure. Well, I think you're going to fit in just fine, Scott Campbell. Uh, once again, thanks for doing this, and and we'll see you in Las uh, Vegas in a couple of days. You got it. Talk to you soon. All right. That was Scott Campbell of the Saskatchewan Rush, and he will wear number 37. You can check him out Saturday night. St. Patrick's Day Eve at the Sastel Center. Get there early. You're going to get yourself a green mustache if you do. Uh, One more quick break to come here on Daytona Homes Rush Hour. We'll wrap this sucker up and bid you adieu. Stay tuned. This is Daytona Homes Rush Hour. All right, welcome back to Daytona Homes Rush Hour. Daytona Homes, they're committed to you and crafted to care. Big thanks to them once again for sponsoring Rush Hour. Just about done here on our third episode. I just want to get in a few things before we get you on your way. Three great conversations there with Shad's Ribs and Soupy. Don't forget to check out Rush TV uh, with Miss Daniela Ponticelli. Uh, each and every couple of weeks, I think she puts out Rush TV. They air it on Global there in Saskatchewan as well. So make sure you're checking that out. Uh, don't forget about the Rush Hulk trip that is coming up April 20th uh, for that big game in Calgary. I know a uh, few seats left for that, so make sure uh, you get in touch with uh, the Rush Hulk, who's uh, coming off some surgery, by the way. Best of uh, luck to him and his recovery. Um, we talked a lot about St. Patty's Day. We'll see you this Saturday. Don't forget to download the Rush app as well, and that way you get Rush Hour delivered straight into your phone and all sorts of good stuff on the Rush app, so make sure you give that a download uh, at your local app store. Become a Rush Insider as well. Sign up and you get all the latest news as far as the Saskatchewan Rush goes. Don't forget you can also check out all the home games on Bleacher Report Live with myself and Ryan Flaherty uh, up in the broadcast booth along with my boy Tanner Fetch down in between the benches. And for all the road games, my man Dave Thomas, who you heard off the top on the intro, he is on 92.9 The Bull. And uh, I'll be sitting with Dave Thomas at that game in Calgary on April 20th as well. Uh, So all the road games on The Bull. Check them out at 92.9. And lastly, don't forget still become a season ticket holder for the remaining four games for the rush all you have to do is give the ticket office a call they're friendly there i trust me give them a call they'll help you out 306-978-7874 all right that's gonna wrap up episode number three here of daytona homes rush hour thanks for listening rush nation really appreciate it and hopefully we'll be back sooner than later i don't want to go six games in between uh, podcaster so we'll, we'll figure it out but uh, just on the horizon here Saturday Night Lacrosse coming up on the 30th with uh, the Vancouver Warriors 
It's Fan Appreciation Night on the 13th of April, and then Children's Hospital Night on the 27th of April. So some things to look forward to as well. A big thanks to Jeff Shatler, Kyle Rubish, and Scott Campbell for coming on the podcast here, and a big thanks to you, of course, for listening to Rush Hour. Now we're going to go. I've been Jake Elliott, and for the fastest game on two feet and for the crater, we'll see you Saturday night at the Sastel Center.